You have meddled with the primal forces of nature, Mr. Beale, and I won't have it. Is that clear? You think you merely stopped a business deal? That is not the case. The Arabs have taken billions of dollars out of this country, and now they must put it back. It is ebb and flow, tidal gravity. It is ecological balance. You are an old man who thinks in terms of nations and peoples. There are no nations. There are no peoples. There are no Russians. There are no Arabs. There are no third worlds. There is no West. There is only one holistic system of systems. One vast and imane, interwoven, interacting, multivariate, multinational dominion of dollars. Petrodollars, electrodollars, multidollars, Reichmarks, rims, rubles, pounds, and shekels. It is the international system of currency which determines the totality of life on this planet. That is the natural order of things today. That is the atomic and subatomic and galactic structure of things today. And you have meddled with the primal forces of nature. And you will atone. Am I getting through to you, Mr. Beale? You get up on your little 21-inch screen and howl about America and democracy. There is no America. There is no democracy. There is only IBM and ITT and AT&T and DuPont, Dow, Union Carbide, and Exxon. Those are the nations of the world today. What do you think the Russians talk about in their councils of state, Karl Marx? They get out their linear programming charts, statistical decision theories, minimax solutions, and compute the price cost probabilities of their transactions and investments, just like we do. We no longer live in a world of nations and ideologies, Mr. Beale. The world is a college of corporations inexorably determined by the immutable bylaws of business. The world is a business, Mr. Beale. It has been since man crawled out of the slime. And our children will live, Mr. Beale, to see that perfect world in which there's no war or famine, oppression or brutality. One vast and ecumenical holding company for whom all men will work to serve a common profit in which all men will hold a share of stock all necessities provided, all anxieties tranquilized, all boredom amused. And I have chosen you, Mr. Beale, to preach this evangel. Why me?
because you're on television, dummy. 60 million people watch you every night of the week, Monday through Friday. I have seen the face of God. You just might be right, Mr. Beale. So that was Ned Beatty's monologue in the movie Network. It's a fantastic movie. Maybe I'll add the link in the you know blog post here. Uh, yeah, Ned Beatty was the fat guy who was getting sodomized in the movie Deliverance. Just, you know, FYI. So his uh, diatribe there is very much a, a very cynical approach to how we conduct a business in the modern world. And this particular episode of the Kyle Style Podcast is about, in some sense, my own cynicism about what I've called it Imagination Inc. So, for many years now, five, maybe six, five years, four years, I've done work with uh, uh, comic book conventions and anime conventions. I've traveled far and wide across this country and gone to many shows, including like New York City Comic Con, where there's like 100,000 people, uh, Emerald City Comic Con here in Seattle, you know, LA Anime Expo, and I've learned a few things. Now, this gets all wrapped up, so I want to try to keep it all situ- situated and organized. So, something that you need to keep in mind is that comic books and animated films and stories and everything, uh, TV shows, do still, in a sense, come from a place of creativity, right? I myself have created, I've started to work on a graphic novel that I think is interesting and cool and fun and, you know, sort of says something. It's called Mechatronic. You can find it on my uh, homepage. But that's my own, you know, personal indie project. Compare that to Iron Man, Batman, Superman, right? And what you have is this huge, huge industry, right? Um, It's worth pointing out that Disney owns Marvel, right? Just putting that out there, right? Disney owns Marvel. And if you know anything about Disney and kind of how they capitalize on their brands, their, you know, their product lines and their intellectual property... It gives you a sense of what I'm talking about when I say that it's kind of cynical. I have a kind of I've learned a kind of cynical approach to Comic Con and the creative, call it industry in general. Now I want to include the links here to show uh, kind of what I'm talking about. So you had somebody like Stan Lee who created some of these iconic characters. Um, It shows what I know. I think he created Superman. He created Iron Man. He created uh, a lot of those um, early, the early comic book characters. And 
he has in his, you know, in his dotage, in his old age, he has capitalized on them in immense, in immensely, immense fashion. Uh, just, you know, huge deals. And now it's going to be Iron Man on lunchboxes and, and you know, uh, coffee mugs and all that stuff. Which, if you're into buying merch with, you know, artwork on it, uh, you can go over to redbubble.com forward slash people forward slash Kyle Style Design and pick up some of my original artwork on all of that fun merch t-shirts and all that fun stuff. Uh, because I'm so cynical, I've become uncynical about uh schlepping my my goods to uh to the masses so you have to keep it uh, uh keep things in context here which is that if the world is a business as ned Beatty described it you have like i said i've been to these comic cons okay many of them and what i see is an immense level of naivete. You have your artist alley. You have artists who just make art and they sell their art at these shows. You have vendors selling manufactured products. Uh, you know, those Funko Pop little figurines and everything. I guess they're collectible. I don't know. Uh, you have people who are selling autographed pictures and all that stuff. And then you have your mainstream, like, you know, Dark Horse Comics, uh, you know, Marvel are there, and they have their own booths where they do their PR thing. Uh, you know, they, they, they don't sell comics, that's the thing, you have booths that sell comics, actual comic books, and then you have these huge publishers who are there, and I don't quite know why they're there, it's just a PR thing. Anyways. The entire, like, all of the attendees, you have, of course, a broad range. You have people who are maybe a little more informed, kind of like myself. Maybe they're veterans of some of these shows. You have younger people, especially, who are very naive about what is actually happening. Um, when you go to a Comic-Con, you buy a ticket, you get inside, you spend more money on collectibles and figures and comic books and all this other stuff you maybe get some free swag like you know lanyards and cup holders or whatever whatever shit they're giving away you buy five dollar bottles of water from the concessions and you walk around and take selfies with other people who are you know uh dressed in cosplay right and I don't have a problem with that on the surface. Like, that. that's that's fine in the sense that people are enjoying themselves, right? But it starts to... It sort of starts to spall out a little bit. So let me, let me expound a little bit. When you have a, an industry like... The, call it the creative industry or call it, uh, like I said, the Imagination Inc. You have tens of billions of dollars earned at the box office just off of these like superhero movies. Uh, Batman and Iron Man and everything. They can put one of these together and make hundreds of millions of dollars 
and it will be considered a flop, but it will still make them money. So they can make a Cyclops movie, a Wolverine movie. They could make, uh, they could make just a Robin movie. Uh, you know, Batman and Robin. They could make just a Robin movie. They could make a Joker movie, and it would be huge, and it would just make tons of money for them. And it doesn't necessarily have to be great filmmaking. It doesn't have to be really good. It just has to have those characters that people already know. And this is where it starts to get, like, I start to get cynical. Because you have companies like Disney who own Marvel. And they uh they they focus group and do screenings and they they cast a wide net right because they want to make these movies and things appeal to as many people as possible it's not about a story being appealing it's about adding it's about adding the croutons and the dressing to the salad right they the, the no one really wants to eat the salad because it's just lettuce you add some nuts and you add some uh, dressing and some croutons and some salt and pepper, and now all of a sudden people want to eat it, right? So what you end up with is a almost scientifically created appeal product, right? The Avengers, uh, well, what did I have here? So the Avengers, right? has taken in over $623 million and is one of the highest grossing films of all time. Okay? Never mind. I mean, that might include, but I don't think it's it's included. I think, like, games and toys and merch and all that other stuff, that's all separate. God damn it. Quiet, kitty. Yes, hello, I know, you're a good boy. You're a good boy. You're not doing anything wrong. You're just making noise while I'm trying to have quiet just for now. And I tried to play, and you didn't want to play. Yeah, I know, you're a good boy. Yes, yes, you are. Okay. Ah. <sighs> trying to take myself seriously while I have a cat meowing at me because he loves me and he wants me to play with him or pet him or something. I don't know what you want, dude. Fucking cats. I know what dogs want. I don't know what cats want. Anyway. So this huge industry is built up around the kinds of revenue you get when you have these known quantities like an Iron Man or a, or a Superman. We are marketed to up and down to to purchase these imagination products. A movie does nothing on its own. It's not a car. It's not a you know. It's not a spaceship. It's not a cell phone. It's not even a one cell phone tower which would carry a signal continuously to maybe thousands of people. A movie is a story with pictures that, in theory, entertains, inspires, can educate, can motivate in some sense, right? You have a movie like Rocky, 
that helped create the modern fitness industry by by inspiring people to want to be physically fit. And you, you can find various uh, uh, you know allusions to this concept that uh, you know if you have a you have a you know the Karate Kid got tons tons of kids in the 80s to 90s to take karate classes because they wanted to be like you know uh they wanted to be like danielson so there's this cultural interplay happening so the films are powerful and they can still they can still be this powerful art form this creative medium right but that's not exactly what i'm talking about what I'm talking about is that they've abandoned that and they've turned it into a continuous imagination product. It's comic books that tie in with movies, that tie in with the TV show, that tie in with a video game, that tie in with a mobile app, that tie in with the merchandise, and it just compounds all upon itself until you go to Disneyland like Marvel uh, is owned by Disney and you go to Disneyland and then now there's an Iron Man and the Iron Man is wearing a top of the line manufactured like uh, Iron Man suit. It's almost like a real Iron Man suit. It makes noises when he moves and it has the face plate and you know it probably has a HUD inside the glasses in case the little kid wants to look and He's going to walk out and he's going to meet the little kids. He's going to shake their hands. He's going to hug them. And they're going to take pictures with them. And it's going to be great. And that, like that, that's great. That's fine. Like that is cool. But it's also a massive marketing scheme. And we are all, we all fall into demographics. We all fall into target demographics and every product will be custom tailored to appeal to specific demographics as widely as possible. And that then compromises the story. It compromises characters. It compromises stakes in the story. You know Iron Man isn't going to die. You know that because they are not going to kill a main character like Iron Man. So in a, in the real world, I know that superhero movies are going to become boring, right? They're going to be boring. And even comic books, even if they kill Superman, which was like a, a comic book they did, they killed Superman, you know they're going to somehow bring Superman back, right? Oh, it was only that alternate universe where Superman died. In this other alternate universe, everything's the same, but he didn't die. Okay, fine. Right? Keep entertaining me, I guess, but you've now removed all stakes, right? Any of the characters, uh, none of the characters are going to die. None of them. So, when you... So, I started talking about Comic-Con, now I'm talking about comic book movies. So, follow me with this. Comic-Con is the real-world physical manifestation of how much people love this imagination industry. Like, we love it. We we love Iron Man and we love Batman. We we you know we love Disney characters. And when you go to one of these cons, you will find uh, there are there are people doing cosplay and they're doing weird like crossover cosplays. There's like uh, you know post apocalypse uh, Belle from Beauty and the Beast, right? 
why? Because people like post-apocalypse, but they also like Disney, <laughs> right? Uh, you've got, you know, uh, you've got jungle camo Batman. Why? Because why not, right? And you see all ranges of this. You see the 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 low-cost version. You see someone with, like, a Halloween costume on of Batman. And then you see somebody, and I've seen some amazingly high-end cosplay, like a Batman costume that looks like Hollywood. Like, uh, it looks like Batman is actually standing in front of you. Um, and then you have sometimes just really silly ones. You have, you know, just people doing silly stuff. But that whole range of things is people taking the time to, say, build a costume and go to Comic-Con and they want to be the character. And this is maybe the depths of my cynicism is you aren't Batman. You aren't Iron Man. You're not Ariel. You're a fat girl in a fishtail costume. And I hate to be mean, but it's just, you know, you're not Catwoman. You're a fat girl crammed into leather pants and a halter top thing with like a cat mask and you're you you don't look like you know Kim Basinger in or was it Kim Basinger whoever played Catwoman in that you know Batman movie whatever you're you aren't a crime fighting ninja you aren't a billionaire robotics designer guy you aren't Thor a you know <laughs> you're not <laughs> you're not a uh a god from Scandinavia and it is i don't even know how to put it it's like these ideas these characters these stories are meant to inspire the best in us uh to want to be heroes but what's actually just happening is that you have out-of-shape, socially awkward nerds uh, attending a giant conference with a bunch of other nerds and reveling in nerd culture while also holding up these, these archetypes of these physically fit, uh, mentally sharp, uh, highly committed, highly disciplined, uh, you know, uh, supermen, superheroes. Now, I'm not saying that you can achieve a Bruce Wayne level of physical, mental, and and call it social mastery, where you are a billionaire and you fight crime and you're morally just and you're physically fit and you're mentally just like on t on the ball on top of everything all the time. That's impossible. But what I see is just a mass of people constantly consuming media. They just consume media without even thinking about it. It's, it's endless binge-watching on Netflix and all. It's, uh, which movie's going to come out soon? Oh, a new Spider-Man's coming out. Like, are you working on your physical fitness? Are you spending money you shouldn't spend on collectible toys at Comic-Con? rather than saving it are you becoming a better artist 
right? So that you can create a comic book and create a comic book character that inspires people. Are you doing that? Well, you're probably not. You're probably not. It's the same thing with like gamer culture. You have all these people who know everything about playing video games. That's a whole other podcast, the, the gaming industry. But people have every all these opinions about games. And the graphics are good. And the gameplay is good. And, or, or it sucks. It's shitty. And all this stuff. Do you know the first thing about making a game? Do you know the first thing about making a pencil and paper game? A tabletop game? Never mind a video game. So the same people who can consume tons of comic book media, films, and everything, they don't necessarily, I'm not saying that, none of them do, I'm just saying there's this huge industry that exists for your consumption of this imagination product. And the imagination product is meant to inspire you, but you just consume it and move on. It's, there, there's, no, there's no power... There's no takeaways from a lot of this media. It's just pomp and flash and cool stuff. And uh, and what's her name? You know, uh, Black Widow in a skin-tight leather thing. Like, well, that's nice to look at, but this isn't Schindler's List, you know what I mean? Like, th- this isn't, you know, there's there's no moral lessons in this, really. There's no... Uh, there's no inspiration, there's no, there's no motivation in this, there's nothing that's inspiring me to live my life differently, there's nothing in this that's meaningful in a long-term sense, and so these things just become disposable. So, let me, let me couch this again. This is my personal experience dealing with, say, like, Comic-Con and con-goers, and I've just... I've just had I've just had horrific interactions with some of these people, uh, nerds who have no idea how to talk to people, and like if you're a socially awkward nerd, I might be talking about you. You're you you emerge from the basement once a year to go to the comic con, and you put on your your Deadpool costume that doesn't fit, and you're one of another thousand Deadpool people there. And then you want to pretend to be Deadpool in a comic con where there's other people who are not even pretending to be Deadpool and they're just doing it better. And then you come and talk to me because I'm working there. It's just got to never mind. Never mind. Let's couch this. So comic con is, again, the real world manifestation of this imagination industry. And it's where it all comes to life, right? I mean, I, you know, people are like, I met Stan Lee, you know, uh, I've, I met Ron Perlman, uh, you know, Eliza Dushku. I almost bumped into Stan Lee one time. You know, it's, it's cool. It is cool. Uh, you get some autographs or whatever, but, you know, there are, there, there's this company. Uh, it's called Reed Exhibitions, and they, are a huge booker and facilitator of these large conventions and conferences and things. And they have a extension called Read Pop, a subsidiary or a whatever. Read Pop owns New York City Comic Con and they've acquired Emerald City Comic Con, which is the Seattle Comic Con. And 
they have it in mind to control the fundamental nature of what Comic-Con is, the face of it. Now, on the one hand, I appreciate that a large a large corporation has noticed the attendance for these events, which started just as people who are into comics getting together and booking a space. Now it's so huge that there's this continuous nationwide comic book, you know, circuit. There's like a comic book convention circuit that goes coast to coast basically all year round. It's a little thinner here different parts of the year, but it's almost all year round. And Read Pop has instituted their own rules, their own regulations, their own prices, their own, you know, their own approach to making comic cons go more mainstream. And it's apparently working because you have things like New York City Comic Con. Let me see. I had it. I had it here. The attendance was for 2015 was 170 thousand people over a three or four days what eighth ninth tenth eleventh so yeah four days a hundred and seventy thousand people now if you've been to comic-con you might kind of understand what i'm talking about but you know i've i've been at new york city comic-con uh you know working and these you you feel the crowd at the gates. It's like the barbarians are at the gates before the show opens. And they count it down and then they open the doors and they, you know, insist that you don't run because they don't want, you know, thousands of people getting trampled. Now, if you take 170,000, it's actually not all those people there at one time. It's like, you know, 30,000 one day and then 50,000 another day and that that kind of thing. But it when you have that many people in one place, like, imagine, you know, a, a football game, right? It looks like this massive crowd. Okay, imagine that massive crowd walking around in a giant convention center every day for four days, right? It's just a huge mass of humanity. <sighs> wow. Um, but, again, because there's all those people, there's all those people, and there's all that money. There's all that disposable income just sitting in people's pockets waiting to be spent on whatever, anything. T-shirts, prints, you know, whatever it is. And all the vendors and all of the, you know, all the merchants know that. And they are set up to cater to you, which cool. It's nice. You know, businesses should do that. But you get to a point where you have, like, comic... You you have uh, signings. And you forgive me, I'm rambling a little bit, I understand. Um, I, I mean, I'm aware I'm doing it. Uh, you can have... Well, here's a little quick figure I figured up. Um, a Marvel A Marvel movie star can go to a comic book convention, a large one and do a signing and they can make over $500,000 in a weekend. What does that mean? Well, I mean it's it's 10,000 people pay $50 
Is that right? I don't I don't I don't math well. Ten thousand times fifty. Yeah, so ten thousand people pay fifty dollars and you have a half a million dollars for probably not even Robert Downey. Probably uh, you know, Jeremy Renner or somebody. Sorry, Jeremy, you're you're not as uh, big as him. Uh to scribble on a picture or something. And now you and 10,000 other people have that signature. They don't remember you. You don't you don't know them. They don't, you know, they're not going to talk about the comic books with you. They're not going to invite you out to dinner. I mean, maybe if you're a really hot chick, that totally does happen. Apparently, Norman Reedus just peruses these comic cons and just pulls hotties out of them. Can't blame him. I'd do the same thing if I was a famous guy, guy famous for being dirty good looking, I guess. Uh, but this is this is what I'm talking about. When you have that many people with signatures, autographs, what's the value? There's no collector value when there's tens of thousands of them. There's the novelty of you having it where you go, oh, yeah, I have a signature from Stan Lee. How'd you get it? Oh, I... I paid $50 at the convention, and then he signed it. Hmm. Oh, okay. That's, I mean, like, oh, that's a nice car. How'd you get it? Oh, I just, I bought it. Oh, that's a nice, uh, you know, that's a nice hot rod. Where'd you get it? Oh, I, I bought it. I just, oh, you bought it like that? Oh, yeah, yeah. A guy already did all the work. I just bought it. Oh, oh okay. That's like immediately less interesting. And you have this 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 clamoring it's the clamoring aspect. It's it's people and I and I mean this I mean this in a sense that I I don't want to be too judgmental, but there are people who seem to only live in this universe created by the imagination corporation of the world. It's almost mentally damaging where people only know how to focus on these imagination products. They only know how to focus on what new movies are coming out and what games they're playing, and they don't know if the first thing about creating any of these products, but they apparently work jobs, and then they spend their money on things that continue to fuel living in a strange fantasy world. Like this it's sort of a strange fantasy world of, of, of you know, of I want to be Batman, but I won't actually, I can't even, I can't do the things that it would take to even be one one hundredth of what Batman is because I keep, I have to keep watching all of the media and I have to keep, uh, you know, I have to keep buying more collectible figures and playing more games to get the imagination thing. And look, I know I come across like a cynical asshole, but let, let me let me let me put it this way, too. So you're you're a consumer. And there was a time, maybe, when they didn't know how to market comics and comic books and all this stuff. They didn't know what to do with it, right? And it was this, you know, uh, 
uh, it was this nerd culture, right? And it was seen as kind of, right? Like, oh, it's nerds. It's like unattractive people talking about nerdy, complex stuff. And, you know, uh, we don't know how to take that mainstream. Well, guess what? Various things have come together, various forces have come together, and now nerd culture is mainstream culture, right? People love these Marvel movies, not just comic book nerds. They made it cross over. So now people are interested. People love Batman and Superman and all this stuff. Uh, maybe less Superman in terms of Hollywood. And, you know, people tend to hate that shit. But uh, they have been able to turn these stories into mainstream stories. And now it's all set up to be mass-produced and consumed by you. By me, too. I mean, I'm, like I said, I'm incredibly cynical about it, so a lot of this shit doesn't appeal to me at all anymore. But the idea that it's all... Okay, how about this? (laughs) Consumer tribalism. Okay, now there's always been, not always, but there's there's long been this like Ford versus Chevy kind of, you know, rivalry where people pick a brand they like and then they shit on the other brand. People do this with video games, obviously. Ever since Nintendo and Sega, it was like people shit on the other. Dude, what? Nothing is happening. God, fucking cat. What, dude? Hi, yes, hello. Dude, like like one time out of the day, I want quiet, and then you are being loud. Is that too much to ask? Yeah? God. If you weren't so cute, I'd just crush your little head. Okay. Where was I? Nintendo, Sega, tribalism. Okay. So now you have Marvel versus DC, right? And, you know, it's just... It's autistic nerds arguing about whether Star Wars is better than Star Trek. As though that matters. As though that matters at all. And I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say, I'll be honest and say, they of course have not devolved into like suicide bombing each other. Which is good. We, we hope that that never happens. I hope that no one has ever punched someone in the face over who's cooler, Batman or Iron Man. I really hope that no one has ever been hurt over such a conflict. But um, we, in all of this, it's it's like you got to be smarter, and that's again what I'm. Like I said, I see a lot a lot of naivete with con goers. A lot of them are very young, it's to be expected. But then I see adults. I see grown adults who are bubbly at how many it's like how many things there are in front of them to buy and they're so excited and then they they will tell me as they're buying something from me like i don't really have the money for this but you know comic-con only comes once a year and it's not my place to tell you how to spend your money or what debts to take on but i've seen it many 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 times People walking around with big bags full of stuff talking about how they shouldn't have spent so much money. And now they're going to take those items home and I don't know what they're going to do with them. Again, imagination industry. 
if it's not serving you, if it's not informing you, empowering you, enlightening you, uh, motivating you, then I wouldn't, I would not, uh, you know, I would turn away from it. I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't read comic books. You know Batman's not going to die. You know that uh, he's going to defeat the villain, and the villain does some trick to be dangerous, and then Batman does a thing, and then and, and undoes it and saves the day. There's there's literally no stakes. There's no content, and there's nothing you're going to learn. There's You're not going to learn anything from it. Not even emotionally, not morally, ethically, not even intellectually, because it's all fantasy. And you're not even... And in a lot of cases, the only plus side is that it's cool to look at. Like, the art is great. But again, you're not learning how to create art. You're not learning how to create a comic book. You're just a consumer. When you reach the level of cynicism that I am at, you go, That's, that product isn't good enough for the price. And you start to discriminate. Right? Uh... So, I guess that's my imagination comic con rant. I was going to call it comic con because I feel like people are being conned, but I backed off of that because I'm just a cynical asshole who's worked at the cons, so I've seen behind the curtain a little bit, and I see how it all actually functions, and I, I'm, I'm disgusted with some aspects of it, and I've talked to too many goofy nerds to i've it's damaged my perception of the hardcore nerds a little bit uh but here's the deal fuck my cynicism fuck me being you know aggro about cons and even the fact you know fuck the fact that they're marketing to you they're marketing to you at least right right they're trying to make what you want but you know fight for better content you know, fight to move it, you know, to elevate the content instead of just consuming what they put in front of you. Uh, you know, argue for more, like, R-rated, uh, you know, type uh, comic book movies, right? Like, Logan was pretty fantastic. Deadpool was great. Uh, you know, argue for those things. Uh, that has to happen in the culture, though. That has to happen in the comic book and comic book movie culture for you guys to be aware, and gals, to be aware that this has become scientific. They're taking comic books into the laboratory and they're doing science on it to try to produce the the most appealing imagination products. You have a part to play in that if you know about these products and you know that there's a market for a, an incredibly violent Batman movie or an incredibly violent Iron Man movie. A rated R Iron Man movie would be dope if they could make that and if it could have the kind of content I'm talking about. Something visceral, something a takeaway, right? Something you remember forever because it was in a story. And even though it was in a story, there might be fantasy. There was a moral lesson or there was an ethical lesson or there might even be actual information that is actually real that you would remember. And then you benefit from that for the rest of your life. But if they don't do that, it's just going to be a lot of explosions and flashing lights and uh, a little bit of sex appeal here and there. So, and again, again, fuck my cynicism. Go to Comic-Con. Have fun. Uh, you know, do your cosplay. Do the best cosplay you can and go to the go to the show. Someone else is going to blow you out of the water with a high-tech, you know, a fully automated, like, uh, Optimus Prime that's actually mechanical. 
you know, and it actually transforms, you'll see it. You Trust me. Go and have fun. Buy some fun stuff that you value. Don't, don't you know, don't listen to me be t- a totally cynical asshole. Uh, and, uh, you know, enjoy the imagination industry that we have created because we, we've been so good at it. You can basically stay in it all the time. Treat, if you're hearing me talk about this, treat this as a, as a, a little brief, uh, intervention into your universe that might help break you out of it and help put it into a different context. All right. So Kyle Style Podcast, thanks for listening. Head over to redbubble.com forward slash people forward slash Kyle Style Design and you can buy some of my Kyleverse imagination product in your life. Actually, there's an aesthetic value to my art. It looks good. You know, it just looks good. Um, shirts, mugs, hats, all that good stuff. And I get a portion of the proceeds. Or you go over to the GoFundMe page, throw me a couple of dollars. I appreciate the contributions because I am uh, supported by listeners like you. Listeners like yourself. Uh, check me out on Instagram. It's Kyle underscore style underscore podcast. I'm on Twitter at at K style podcast. Of course, use podcast addict. If you download podcast addict and you can listen to all your favorite podcasts and it will keep them all organized for you. You, you can, uh, you know, listen to them offline, all that good stuff. And I don't know. I'm working at Sakura Con again this year. That's the, uh, anime convention here in Seattle. Uh, we'll be selling real swords. Real uh, metal blades, katanas. We'll have full tang, uh, hand-folded katanas for your uh, sword pleasure. Uh, I don't know where it's going to be, so I can't give you a booth number. But check check us out when we're there. It's Dragon Song Forge. You'll find us. Anyways, thanks for listening to my cynical ass. I'll talk to you more later. <laughs>